Ion 2020 episode 301. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020. Thanks for joining me for another day another look at the 2020 election cycle, but also, since we've been focusing on current events, just 2020 in general. Maybe next year I'll do Ion 2021, I don't know. I haven't really decided what I'll do after the election. There really has not been much going on with the election, though, and it kind of puts me in a bind to find information to talk about, but that's fine, because there's plenty of stuff going on to talk about outside of the election, as you guys know, with COVID-19 with the different protests, with the police brutality, with things that are going on just in society. There's tons of news out there, which I am very grateful for, because if it was just Donald Trump and Joe Biden that I had to talk about, I mean, this this is a snooze fest, to be honest with you. Joe Biden came out with his gloves on, supposedly, talking about Donald Trump and you know the weakness of Donald Trump and how he blew it with the COVID-19 response and all that. And you might have caught it on the news, I don't know. But if you listen to any of it at all, the guy did not come out swinging. The guy, if you're listening to him talk, the questions that he got, the responses that he gave, you would have been falling asleep by the time you got through about half of the little, you know, conversation he was having. It was just, there's nothing really going on in that that campaign. There's nothing really going on in the Trump campaign. Trump's kind of falling apart as well. He has very low uh, numbers right now. He's People are not satisfied with the direction of the country. They're not satisfied with him. So it's kind of up in the air what's going to go on. I saw something today. There was a poll, maybe, I think it was a USA Today poll. And it was showing 37% for Donald Trump, 43% for Joe Biden, and then there was like 11% of people that were willing to vote third party. So that's very strong for the third party. Now, will they all coalesce behind the libertarian candidate, Joe Jorgensen? Probably not. But I had said it in the past, and I'd like to say it again. Like, I wasn't thinking that, or I I don't think I will say it again, actually, because I don't think it, I did not think it was going to be a third party race, but that was before Joe Biden became the nominee. And I've, and also before uh, Donald Trump started falling apart, because Donald Trump was pretty strong going into February before the whole COVID thing. He was getting beat up on left and right by the by the press. He was getting beat up left and right by all of these different controversies with Russia, Ukraine, and all that stuff. He was the first president since... Or not the first president, sorry. He was like the third president to uh, have the Congress attempt to give him the boot, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought, and he was Teflon. He got right through it. So I was just thinking that it'd be fine and that, you know, his followers would get behind him and that the other side would just be anybody but Trump and that they would all coalesce behind whoever their candidate was. And Joe Biden seemed like a 
relatively strong candidate to coalesce behind because he would just be the status quo going back to the era of Obama. But my do things change because now I think that you really can't have a third party candidate that does pretty well. Uh, we'll see what happens though. It'll be interesting to see as time progresses because obviously over time people they start having the debates you'll have two people on debates that's it there won't be a third party on the debates so you'll be able to see the difference between the two people will start to get behind their guy and we do live in a two-party system you know terrible to say we do live in a system where you only really have two choices and you know those two choices will be joe biden and and uh donald trump but uh, there was some kind of article that was being thrown around the last couple of days saying that Donald Trump might drop out and I just think I think that's fake news I don't think that that's real uh, but we'll see what happens T- hey you know what today what I wanted to talk about though is I wanted to pose a question to my listeners I wanted to pose a question to the world in general and the question is this do we live in a free country is America a free country as we celebrate Every you know every year on the Fourth of July, the freedom, the liberty, independence of America, and the freedom that we have, because that is the mantra that we talk about: liberty and freedom. But is America really a free country? Like that, I think there's a lot of mythology built around it. I think that that is the the power structure, the people in power push this idea of freedom and liberty and say look how free we are look how great we are look how great Americans this is American exceptionalism idea that we're better than the world that we're the freest country in the world and those are words that they say and those words that are taught to you from the time you are a kid from the time you're very young you're taught just how free America is that we have freedom and liberty and that it was founded upon freedom. But I don't know if that's true, guys. Especially today. Maybe in the beginning it was. And maybe all of this mythology that came up in the early 20th century about the founding fathers and all this stuff and this um, this propaganda that we have spewed to us from the time we're in kindergarten even before we're in kindergarten because we're watching the 4th of July and we're watching all these things and look how great we are. We have freedom and liberty. But these are propaganda pieces and I I just don't know that it's it's exactly the truth. Now I get to thinking about it because America has a mythology that is built upon and that, that develops over time. Did people really look at George Washington as the guy who, you know, was completely honest, that would never steal from anybody, that, you know, that couldn't lie? Was that something that happened in the late 1700s and while he was president? Or is that a mythology built around it? Because we're taught these mytholo- this little bits of mythology about the founding. The propaganda during the American Revolution is that we didn't want taxation without representation. But these people are fighting over a penny tax. 
is that true? Is the taxation of the representation, is that really the foundation of the American Revolution? Or was that a propaganda piece that we're taught in after the fact? I'd love to get into the whole details on this and learn these things and find out exactly what the founding was built upon because I think that a lot of the things that we have today are mythologies from the past. And today, what we're looking at... So, for example, like the reason why I was thinking about this is because of the statues that are being torn down, because of the different things that are being torn down in society, and people rethinking history and you get to thinking about it and what's happening right now is that people are trying to protect the mythology that they've been taught their entire lives just think about that for a minute when you're in kindergarten you start learning about America and freedom you start pledging your allegiance to the flag I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible liberty and justice for all You're taught those things and you sing the national anthem. And you're learning just how great America's founding was all through high school or all through elementary school. And these are little impressions that you get about how great Abraham Lincoln was, how great George Washington was. There's a few presidents out there that you hear a lot about, the other ones you hear very little about. But they're always presented in a positive light as if they were men of honor that never did anything wrong that had very little negativity about their life but we all know that those things are not true that everybody has problems with their lives everybody has negative things about their character character flaws and things that they do wrong but we're taught the things as if it's like they're mythological characters like they're people who are perfect from the time that we're young. And those things get ingrained inside of your mind. They really do. But that's our founding mythology. But I think that those things are there to empower government. And that's, I mean, they're, they're things that are taught to in public schools. What are public schools except to empower government? Designed to put out good citizens into the world who are going to be good workers. That's what they're designed to do. They're designed to to make it so that you don't question things too much and you definitely don't question authority. And what are the things that they're teaching you in elementary? You're not learning reading, writing, and arithmetic anymore. You're You're learning about social studies and the history of America. And those are all designed for one reason. That is to teach you to fall in line and be a good American. And a lot of people fall into that and they, they don't question it. They never question it. They're not, they're not, you know, taught to question those things. But they should be questioned because that's the founding mythology that we have. And that's all it is. It's the founding mythology. And today, in our modern world, things are changing. We're starting to question those things against the leader's Obviously, they don't want that to happen. I mean, your kids are probably taught that founding mythology slightly different than it was taught to you. And we were taught it in a slightly different way than our parents were taught it, if you're 
you know, if you're middle-aged. But most likely, our, as in middle-aged people, the way that it's being, was taught to us was very close to the way that it was taught to the older generations as well. But where did that information come from? Those are history books that are written in a very positive light. In the light of the winners, the people who won that history. That's, what it, that's who wrote it. It's written in American history. The American government's history. And people are taught to be proud of that history. Proud of that mythology that's built up around it. But today we're starting to question those things because let's be honest, let's 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 put it out in the open, guys. It's a it's a white history, right? It's it's a it's a white person's history. So should a black American be excited and thrilled about different people in history? Amer like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson? You know, different presidents throughout history. People who were willing to pass racist laws or laws that enforce slavery. Like, should they be excited about those people? I don't think so. But that's the history that was written and that we cling to. We cling to that mythology. That's an interpretation of history, though. And it's been interpreted by white people who wrote wrote those books i can understand why an african-american might be a little bit upset with that and you could you need to learn to empathize with these people it's important to empathize with people about their situations and about their perception of history because when it's all presented in a positive light and then you start thinking about it and you're like whoa hold on slavery was really bad Slavery was terrible. Yeah, it happened throughout history. That's true. But it was still bad, you know, and before Christ, just as bad during the Middle Ages, just as bad in China and in the Middle East. Just as bad everywhere you go. And it's bad in America and it's bad in the in the islands. Slavery is bad. And should these people sit there and look at the founding fathers and think that they're great people? That's a question, I mean, but that's our founding mythology. And you and I, we're going to, like, people that are, I don't know if who, who exactly my listeners are, but if you're just like a white American, you're taught a certain way. And if you're American, you're taught a certain way, and you're supposed to embrace those things, and those are mythologies that we embrace and that we are trying to protect now. But a lot of that is just interpretation of history. That's all it is. It's the interpretation of history through the way that somebody else interpreted it and presented it. I'm pretty sure George Washington did not cut down his apple tree and say to his dad that he can't tell a lie. I'm pretty sure honest Abe was not really that honest. He was a politician. Pretty sure Paul Revere's ride is taught very differently than the way that it was put into your history books. I'm pretty sure that the American Revolution went down in a very different way. That everyone was not fighting for freedom. But a lot of them were fighting because they knew that they get paid. That's it. 
I'm sure there was plenty of people that lied to them about how to what the reason why was they were going to be fighting. If you look at the Civil War, the rich landowners wanted to protect slavery, but they told those people in the self, the regular foot soldier who was a good person, that was a poor guy trying to make a living and feed his family. And the biggest thing that would hinder him from that is the fact that slaves work for free and he's asking for money to get paid. And that person's sitting there saying, how the hell am I going to feed my family? I guess I'm going to go fight to make it so that South Carolina can be free from the federal government. I'm pretty sure that person was not fighting for slavery because slavery was a hindrance to his life because he couldn't make a living because slaves did it for free under force and he would be asking for $10 a month. I've looked into the history on this stuff. The poor people did not support slavery. Yes, they supported the fact that black people, they thought in their mind that black people were lesser than them. They were racist as can be. They believed that blacks and African Americans or Africans were inferior to the white man. But it kept them from getting jobs. A lot of people resented that. That were poor, but they fought because they wanted to keep South Carolina, you know, that, that was the propaganda that was ta- told them. That was the propaganda they were trying to protect their status quo, though. The, the rich, the people that were the ones that were in charge of those governments were looking to protect their status quo. But the history, the mythology that we have in America is just an interpretation of history and you see what's going on today and people are trying to protect like you you see a Tucker Carlson saying we don't want to destroy our history what we don't want to destroy our interpretation of that history that's all it is that's all it is we don't want to shine a light on anything negative but I think the more you shine the light on that negativity the more you open up people's minds to say wow the federal government really was bad the federal government created or made it so that slavery was legal and then protected slavery from the very beginning. I think it was a fugitive slaves laws were passed in like the late 1700s. And they were strictly enforced over time. Over time they got worse and worse. It was governments, it was state governments that created the black codes and things like that. And the slave laws that you would have in the in the self. Those were governments that created those things. They would have government whipping posts. So that if you didn't feel like whipping your slave into submission, you can take them downtown and have somebody whip them for you and they pay them. And that was a government official that would do it. Like, those are terrible things. Those were enforced by government. In the absence of government... The slaves could have easily revolted or have an easier time revolting or escape and run to the north to a place where they could be free. But they couldn't because of the way that the federal government and the state governments made that happen. So the more you shine a light on the inconsistencies of the history, but you have to learn that stuff, guys. You have to get the mythology out of your head, thinking that America is a free country. Look at it today. Today it is not even a free country. 
And we think to ourselves, we're the greatest, the freest nation on earth. Look at us. No place better on earth to live. Yeah, we have very great things going on right now, guys. We have cars. We could transport ourselves from here to Cal, or from the East Coast to the West Coast in like a two-day period. You could fly there and get there in a couple hours. You have internet. You have Wi-Fi. We have food abundantly. Great country that we live in. Things are relatively good. We have relative economic freedom. And we, but we cling to this past that says, look how great we were then. Look how great our founding was. Look how great our Constitution was. Yeah, I think the Constitution is great. I think it was a, a document that, was, that people dis, you know, disputed, that people went back and forth about trying to make sure that individual freedoms were protected. And it was mostly to protect the state's freedom from the federal government is what it was. But we interpret it today in a way that says that it's there to protect like your freedom of speech, your freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom to assembly, freedom to own a gun, no unlawful searches and seizures, all that stuff. Like Those are things that we focus in on in the Constitution. Those are great things. But we interpret it in a way that says that that's how the original intent was. But no, those were intended so that the states can keep their sovereignty. That the Congress would not pass laws with regard to free speech, freedom of religion, all that, or religion and all that stuff. That Congress would not pass those laws. That Congress would not keep you all from having a gun. That Congress would not, or that the federal government could not arrest you without due process, things like that. But all that stuff for the rest was left to the states. That's the interpret that's the original interpretation of the Constitution. To protect the states from the federal government. But the states did lots of things. Massachusetts has a state religion. So that's saying so you, you say that the the government can't have a state religion? Well, under the Constitution, Massachusetts had a state religion. I think a lot of the states had state religions. A lot of them, you know, trampled on free speech. They taxed the crap out of people. Lots of bad things were going on within the states. Over time, the nation got better. But I want to... I mean, the the mythology that we have, we could get past that and let people shine that light on the inconsistencies of the past so that people can see that the government is the sponsor of slavery, Jim Crow laws, trampling on your rights, slowly trying to take away your gun rights and trampling on the Constitution and on the on the... Bill of Rights, constantly trying to gather more power for itself, taxing the crap out of people, adding amendments they can tax people, being completely dishonest about the way that they're going to go about doing that as well. Shine that light and let people know that, listen, yeah, the founders had a, a pretty good thing by creating a constitution that would protect your liberty and your freedom. But it didn't protect everyone's liberty and their freedom. And it was the government that sponsored the attacks on these people a lot of times. Jim Crow laws, for example. Even after even after the Civil War, even after the Reconstruction, you start getting the Jim Crow laws passed in order to keep people separate 
and keep people from voting and protect the status quo. And those things were created and enforced by the government. So we shine that light on it. Let them know that that's not freedom. And then all that mythology that we're taught today about how free we are puts it into your mind that that's freedom. Look how free we are today. But that's the same thing that the Soviet Union did. Is they said, look at those capitalists over there. We are communists. And look how great we are, right? But the, so- the Soviet Union was more state capitalism or the state in charge of everything than it was socialism or communism. The state, but, but with socialism and communism, it's going to become that because people are not, people desire ownership of things and property. So there's a black market that gets created in order to protect your stuff. And then the government has to come in and force you to give it up and force you to, and propagandize you in order to believe that communism is an ideal and that you should follow it and buy into it. And a lot of people do buy into those things. So they started talking about communism as this great thing and they would, they, they would boost up this idea of how great communism is and that we're looking to become a communist utopia and they keep this vision on the people's eyes and like 10, 15, 20% of the people strongly believe it and go along with it. The rest of them just kind of, yeah, you know, I'm not really into this thing, but you know, I'm going to go along with it anyway. And then the few, the 10 or 12% of people that will actually buck the system are put in a gulags and killed to make an example of everybody else. That's the way, that's the natural inclination for socialism and communism to become. Because they don't want people speaking out against it because it ruins the idea of utopia. But the Soviet Union, they had the propaganda to tell people we're focusing on this communist idea, this communist ideal. And we're told in America how great capitalism is and how great our freedom is. But we're not a capitalist country, guys. We're in a quasi-socialist country. The government controls a 40, 40 to 50% of medical spending in America. Is that capitalism? No, because they institute controls over those things based upon, you're going to do this or we're not going to pay you. The government subsidizes businesses. They give money to businesses. They have, they're in bed with tons of businesses. This is more of a state-sponsored socialism, state-sponsored fascism, if you want to call it that, because fascism could be defined in a way that says the merger of the corporation and the government. But we say that we're free. We're in the land of the free and the home of the brave because that's what we've been told our entire lives, and that's what this country is founded upon. But it's not. It's not. We're not in a capitalist country. And every time there's a problem with the country, every time something goes wrong in the economy, they blame it on capitalism, but it's not capitalism. What we have is not capitalism. What we have is the, the, is the government. It's, it's, we have cronyism. We live in a cronyist state. That's all it is. Yeah, there's little pockets here, little pockets there that they allow you to have no regulation in. But I mean, if a hair braider is regulated, how is that not? How is that the free market? How is that laissez-faire capitalism? When in order to go buy a car, you have to buy it from a car dealer? And that dealer has to have a license? I mean, I guess you could buy from an individual. But all of the regulations that go along with buying cars, 
increases the price of cars, increases that market. And when you're looking at your car, the only reason why it's built the way it is is because the government regulates that too. How is that free market laissez-faire capitalism? It's not. It's the government delegating certain things and designating certain things and passing laws and regulations and telling businesses how they should run. And then if the automotive market goes to crap, they blame it on capitalism. How is banking free market laissez-faire right now? When everything about the banking system is regulated, even down to the central bank, who determines the cost of money. That is not capitalism, that is, need I say it, socialism. That is the government in charge of the money supply. The very most important thing that you can do to trade with others is to have some form of currency, and there's not freedom of currency. You can't decide that you're going to start your own currency tomorrow and get people to start using it. I guess you can with Bitcoin nowadays, but they've figured out a way to stop that as well. Or they're trying to stop that. That. Yeah, you can save gold. You can sit there and save it and keep it and hope that it goes up in value. But we have a state-sponsored currency. We have the Federal Reserve that determines the cost of money when borrowing. We have the Federal Reserve now that is buying bonds from Walmart and other multinational corporations. Propping them up. How is that not how is that free market capitalism? And when it all falls apart, when the cards all come crashing down, what are they going to blame but capitalism when it's not capitalism? But we live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We live in the freest country on earth. They continue to tell you that. Keep that focus that you got, that these people live in the freest country in the world and they'll believe it and they'll go out and they'll celebrate the 4th of July and think that everything's going to be great because we live in a free country when we don't. I heard it said the other day, I think it was Scott Horton that said it, that, um, what's that basketball player that went over to North Korea and when he came back, uh, they said, yeah, they, don't you know they have 200,000 people in their prison camps? And basketball player says well in America we have 2 million people in our prison camps so we have more and I don't know if that's per capita or anything like that but America does if you look at the numbers we have more people in prison than any country in the world even China who has 3 times 4 times as many people as us how is that freedom you drive down the road and you get pulled over by a cop that's searching for everything how is that freedom they pull you over for a taillight being out. And then they search your car and find a little bit of weed in your car. How is that freedom? They can do no-knock warrants. How is that freedom? That's not freedom. We live in the freest country world. Yeah, as long as you're doing what you're told. As long as you're not bucking the system. We're not going to come and raid your house at night. That's what they did in, in, in communist Russia. If you got in a line they would come and take you down in the middle of the night and no one ever sees you again are we going on that path sort of already are in some ways just wait until they start limiting speech start telling you that you have hate speech and you can't have hate speech or else we're going to come put you in prison and arrest you 
then everything becomes hate speech. Anything the government doesn't want you to say becomes hate speech. And that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to hope for that system because we don't want racists to be around. It's not freedom. Now, you shouldn't silence the voice because cause of that. Because you don't want racists around. Because then the government has the decision to say who is this and who is that. And then they can come and arrest you for whatever they want to. They make up stories and you have to defend yourself. Then they take away your due process. They're calling you a terrorist or something. So then they could arrest you and lock you up indefinitely because they decide that you're a terrorist because you're a member of some hate group that they decided that you're a member of because of something that you said, even though you're not a member. But they don't have to prove anything. All they have to do is say it, and everyone will believe it. Because everyone believes the government, because we live in the free country, the freest place on earth. Think about it. Think about it. We're not in the freest country on earth. We're not. Yeah, we have a lot of great things. My family has a lot of great things. We go on really good vacations. We go on great vacations. We're doing very well for ourselves. We learned how to work within that system. I have. But I just don't think that we... That the, the mythology that we're taught... How great and free this country is... Is there to prop up the government. We need to shine that light and let people know that that's not the truth. We could ally ourselves with the Black Lives Matter crowd in some ways... Because we understand the plight that they've been facing as African Americans. Because we can see it. We know we can shine that light and say, yeah, look at this. This is government's fault. It's not some racist cop. Because if it was all black cops, the systemic system, the system is there that says we're going after drug dealers. We're going after drug users. We're going to arrest them. We're going to put them in jail for a minor crime or for a minor marijuana possession charge. And we're going to keep them in the system for the rest of their lives. That's systemic. And if the cops are out looking for the guy that has weed, they're going to find him. They're going to go to the neighborhoods where the most weed might be at. And the easiest pickings. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. So we need to, we could ally ourselves in that way. Now, I don't know about the Black Lives Matter organization because I'm a little skeptical of them. Because I think their agenda is way more than just the idea of helping out African-American people to not have cops beating the crap out of them. Totally not that. I think they're, they have a much different agenda, but the Black Lives Matter statement... <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, we can ally ourselves with them. No problem. No problem. So that kind of leads me into my next topic that I wanted to talk about. And I'll do this really briefly, because I'm I don't want to go on too long today. You know what? I'll talk about yeah, Yeah, I'll talk about it now. Group identity theory, I guess, is the term. It's a sociological term. And uh, people I do identify in groups, right? Like you and I. Every day we go out and we identify in a group. First group that you end up identify, and that, this is what I remember specifically. When I was a kid, fifth grade, talking my sister... My, my family were all, or my, my mother and father were divorced. I was living with my father in fourth grade. I'm going into fifth grade. My sister was living with my mother in Florida. 
and she flies up from from Florida, and she's uh, first like first couple of days that I, that she's there. I was me living in Florida for my fifth grade year, and I was listening to the song "Pour Some Sugar on Me" by Def Leppard, and it was a heavy metal song or a hard rock song. But at the time, it was she considered it heavy metal. She says, you can't listen to that, Ray. I said, why? She says, because you can't be a Zeta. And I said, what's a Zeta? She says, oh, that's the headbangers, the, the people that listen to heavy metal music. You can't be a Zeta when you go to Florida because there's two types of people. There's Zetas and there's skaters. You have to become one of them, and you can't be a Zeta because they're bad people. So you have to be a skater. That was my group identity at that point. From that point on, I said, you know what? I'll, I'm going to be a skater then because my sister told me I had to be. And what kind of music do skaters listen to? They don't listen to Def Leppard, Pour Some Sugar on Me, or Guns N' Roses. They listen to Skate Rock, Cannibal Corpse. Not Cannibal Corpse, sorry. Um, What was the one? Suicidal Tendencies, or The Smiths. So you got to listen to progressive or alternative music. That's, you, you can't listen to that other stuff. You have to listen to punk rock, listen to the progressive music, or you can listen to skate rock music, and that's it. And somehow, in my fourth grade, going into fifth grade mind, I identified myself at that point, and probably for the next four years of my life, as a skater, based upon that term that my sister said. That was my group identity. I conformed to that group. And throughout my life, I've thought to myself, what am I going to be next, right? Until you grow up and you realize, oh, you know, that's stupid. That's dumb. It's idiotic. But even as an adult, you start to gather into groups. You have a group identity. You start doing things like them. My group identity is not a white guy. I'm sure there are people that believe that their group identity is being white, though. That would be maybe a white supremacist or somebody who believes that white people are should be separate from black. Maybe not a white supremacist, but maybe someone that believes that whites and blacks should be separate. Each of them should have their sovereign areas, and that's it. There's black people that feel the same way. Their identity is black. There's people that identify as Hispanic, or you might identify with your nationality, where you're from. If, if you ever see somebody with a Puerto Rican flag hanging from their window, they identify as Puerto Rican. So they become, they slowly become like that or what their identity is. They take on the traits of others who identify that same way. Just like I decided that I wasn't going to like pour some sugar on me anymore. And I wasn't going to listen to Def, Def Leppard anymore. Or any of that other heavy metal stuff. Because I was not going to be a Zeta. I was going to be a skater. In my immature mind. That's what I did. But people still do that to this day. People still do that in daily life. They conform to the groups that they want to be in. If you're a libertarian, you know exactly what I mean. Because you start to embrace libertarian things. You start talking with other libertarians. And you start trying to be the most libertarian. If you're somebody who listens to death metal, you might have a different look and group identity than somebody that doesn't. I remember in the, in the late or early 2000s, emo was like a thing, and everyone identified a certain way. 
And if you identified as emo, then you might take on emo characteristics. If you're gay, you might have a different way that you talk among gay people than you do among straight people. Because you take on those group identity characteristics. My point in being is that people take on identities and they gather in groups and they focus on groups. That's a normal thing. That's a normal thing. And the thing that the politicians want us to do is divide among those groups. They're trying to get you to gather into your groups so they can break you up and get you to vote for them or get you to vote for us and get you to war against each other. And the more we allow them right now in today's society, the more we allow them to break us into black and white which I feel like they're trying to do, it's going to make black people identify more as black and gather into their group even harder and start taking on traits like that. And it's going to make certain white people do exactly the same thing on the white side. They're going to gather in their group. They're going to take on more traits. They're actually going to be opened up to the idea of white nationalism and white power. Just like black a black African-American person might take on these traits of African-American power as well. That's not a good thing. But the politicians want that because it solidifies their base, it solidifies their strength, it solidifies their grip on power. On Fox News the other day, there was a guy that was the representative of uh, Black Lives Matter in New York City. I don't know if he was Speaking for Black Lives Matter, I don't think that he was, but he was re- he was represented as somebody that's a leader in the Black Lives Matter movement in New-, in New York. So apparently in his mind, he was speaking on behalf of African Americans. And you saw it on Fox News, if you watched it at all, they were cutting it up and making him sound like he was an idiot. But he said a lot of good things, but he said a few terrible things as well that I wouldn't agree with. The first thing that he said that I did agree with was... They, or I don't want, we want to get into it, but he said something about, look at America, we go and we bomb other countries and so forth, and, you know, we're not exactly the greatest country in the world. And that's true. We're not for doing that. I don't believe that we should be out bombing other countries, um, especially, like, the innocent civilians and all that. You guys know my anti-war stance if you listen to this show long enough. But at the very end, he said something. And it's a, it's a group division thing as well. And he says, I just want black liberation and black sovereignty. And it's the same exact thing that a white Aryan nation type person would say. We just want white sovereignty. We just want the separation of our groups. We just want whites to be here and blacks to be here. And we're better than them. They actually want to enforce a lot of the white supremacists. They just they do want to enforce things on them. But there are some people that just want whites and blacks separated. And that's it. Somehow forced by government into it, I don't know. I don't know exactly how they determine that. Because I don't believe that you know the government should be forcing anyone to do anything. But he said that he wants black sovereignty and black liberation. Black liberation is the is this idea that you know they should all ha- that all blacks should have the same liberties as anyone else. That's fine. I think that's what it means. I looked it up, and I know there's like this black liberation theology as well. That maybe he believed in that stuff, and you could get more into that. But black sovereignty is no different than the white person saying that I just want whites to be separate as well. So 
The politicians are getting what they want, though, guys. They are. The politicians are getting exactly what they want, and that's for you and me and everybody else to fight, 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 so they can get one person on one side, the other person on the other side, and that they can make sure that they stay in power while all of us fight. They are basically the vulture flying and hovering above while the tiger and the lion duke it out. Hoping that they both die so they can have even more food. That's all they are. But if one of them dies, at least they can swoop down and get get some of that food. And that's all that those politicians are. They want that division. So don't let them divide us, okay? Don't let them divide us. Don't let that, that crappy thinking get into your mind. Don't let it happen. So anyway, guys, I appreciate that. We do live in a wonderful country, though. There's a lot of great things. I don't want you to think that I don't think that America's, you know, a pretty great place to live. The American people are pretty damn awesome. Most people try to get along. 98% of us, we just get along. We go about our lives. We do great things. We work hard. We have a lot of ability to get ahead. That is true. It's the politicians, though. They want to divide us and make us think differently. And that's just wrong. So anyway, I appreciate you joining me. This show went a little bit longer than I thought. I do apologize. Uh, if you want to go follow me on Facebook, you can go on I Am The Empire, and you can check it out there. You can also do that on Twitter. Type in I Am The Empire. IamTheEmpire.com is the website. Keep on listening to I Am 2020, though. A great thing to do if it's first time listening is subscribe to the show. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the show so you can hear it again on Monday. And also give me a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatcher and then come back on monday so you can have clear vision for 2020 